Welcome to Virtual Summit Success. I'm Jen, founder of Virtual Summit Search, and you're in the right place if you want to make the most of your Virtual Summit experience, whether you're a host or a Virtual Summit speaker. Let's get going with your next step to Virtual Summit Success. You're listening to a snippet from a Sell with the Summit Speaker Edition presentation. If you've struggled with how to craft a great summit presentation, Lucas is going to give you the options you need to choose the best presentation structure for you. Let's get started. Hello, I hope you're enjoying Sell with the Summit Speaker Edition so far. My name is Lucas Zellers. I'm here as a speaker who helps speakers. And I want to take this part of the summit to help you with one of the probably one of the first things that you have to think about when you are putting together your presentation for a virtual summit. Okay, so you have a bunch of ideas. You have a solution for people, a service they've never seen before, a product that's going to change their life, that's going to make it easier. How in the world do you put one idea after another in a way that's compelling and interesting and is going to draw people into your service or your product or your family or however it is you organize your business? This is one of the first things that you have to think about when you are writing a speech. And uh, Aristotle would say that it's one of only five things, five canons of rhetoric is organization. How in the world do you organize a speech? You've probably gotten this advice. You gotta solve a problem. You just gotta, that's how it is. And I don't wanna put this down, this is pretty intuitive. You have a product or a service that solves a problem that fulfills a need for your customers, and so why wouldn't you talk about your business in this way? I'm gonna give you two reasons, actually. One is that it's repetitive. I've heard this one before, and you probably have too. That's probably why you're thinking, How? what else can I do? I also wanna challenge you that the reason you might feel dissatisfied with this is that it's not the whole story. Problem and solution come in the middle of a long series of other ways in which people prioritize and organize and evaluate information. So I'm gonna give you seven other ways to organize your, your speech, your presentation, that are gonna be just as effective, just as engaging, and I would argue more so on both those counts. But before we get into that, I have to answer two questions for you. And they're the questions uh, that I was asked by one of my directors in college, and I'm still asking myself these. Why am I here and why am I talking? Why in the world would you listen to me about this? Uh, Since the beginning of my professional career, I've been a singer, a radio host, a stage actor, a speech coach, a podcaster, and now a professor of communication, uh, adjunct at Cedarville University, and it is a long time coming, and I'm very happy to start. In other words, just about every way that you can use your voice for fun or profit, I've done on a near professional level over the last 10 or 12 years. So I've seen a lot of speeches. I've judged a lot of speeches, a lot of really great ones, a lot of really bad ones, both ones that I've given and ones that I've sat through. So I want to take all of that experience and all of that time and save you the effort of sitting through all of those speeches. And I want to show you other ways to organize a speech besides problem and solution. So we're going to start with story. You might be familiar with this from Donald Miller's story brand, the clarify your message way of organizing your marketing and your business. His work is indebted to Joseph Campbell's Hero of a Thousand Faces, itself based on Carl Jung's idea of psychological archetypes. If all of that sounds like mumbo jumbo, I guarantee you've seen this before because it's Star Wars. And if you haven't seen Star Wars, how? 
I, I, I'm genuinely impressed and I hope you never do. Um, but it's enough to know that uh, Joseph Campbell's hero's journey on which the story brand idea is built has as many as 17 different steps, depending on how you count it. By contrast, Dan Harmon's story circle has eight. So I'm gonna take the same idea of story and do it in only eight points that are a way of organizing your speech and helping position yourself as a guide to the power of the unknown. Okay, so it's a circle. It's got eight points on it. It looks like this. Uh, the points are as follows. One, a character is in a zone of comfort. That's where you begin. It's your home. It's the Shire. It's the moisture farm on Tatooine. But they want something. To take the ring back to Mordor, to go on an adventure, to uh, actualize themselves, to solve a problem in their business. All right, that's point two. We're, we're here. So they enter an unfamiliar situation. They adapt to it. They get what they wanted. They pay a heavy price for it. And then return to their familiar situation, and this is the important part, having changed. The other reason that I like this story circle over Joseph Campbell's work, other than the fact that I hear about it entirely too much, is that as a circle, we can divide it into halves and then quarters. Uh, but the half, for your purposes as a business owner, is the important part, because this is the divide between the familiar world and the unfamiliar world. I've heard it said that there are only two stories that have ever been told, the journey of adventure and a stranger comes to town. Both of those deal with a threshold, what you know and what you don't, what's familiar to you and what's unfamiliar to you. And in the unfamiliar world where there be monsters, that's where the power is. That's where you go to learn things and change and come back with power you don't have. If you keep doing what you're doing, you keep getting what you've got. So you go to the unfamiliar world. So your challenge when you are putting a speech together is to organize it in such a way that you are part of the unfamiliar world. You're gonna give something back to your audience that they can return to their familiar world with having changed. The other way that you can use this is to think about where are people in the story? Because if they haven't gotten to the point where they've recognized that they want something and you give them a problem immediately, then you haven't been effective. So a problem solution here doesn't work for people who know they're in a zone of comfort. So think about it. Where in, your, where in their journey is your customer and where do you want them to get? How much ground do you have to cover? Do you have to hit all eight of these things? Probably not, given the context of the presentation, the place where you're presenting, but you should hit some of them and you should definitely structure this so that you are part of the unfamiliar world where power is gained and then you can give that to your, your listener. So that's one way of organizing your speech, the story circle. The second way is A plot, B plot, and it's telling two stories at once. So we're building on our we're building on the story circle idea and adding another story to your speech. The best example of this I think I can give you is uh, this guy. This is Chris Hadfield. He gave a TED talk a while back a while back about what's the scariest thing you've ever done. His example, of course, is uh, far and away more intense maybe than any of us will ever see. He was on a spacewalk in a spacesuit and couldn't see well enough to complete his mission in space. So uh, that's where he began his speech with this fantastic story uh, of where he was just, he was about to be stuck in space without being able to get back into the shuttle. And then he got to his point. Another great example is this book. This is Amanda LaDuke's Disfigured on Fairy Tales, Disability, and Making Space. And it's worth your time, but it's the subject of it really isn't my point. 
the way it was structured was to take a look at all of folk tales over history, just a, a view of an overview of fairy tales and how they're structured and how they portray people who have disabilities, uh, people who are, are differently abled, people with um, disfigurements or handicaps or however you want to say it. Um, uh, and the way that those are presented in like in like Grimm's fairy tales. That's a lot. Uh, and it can be dry and kind of depressing, <laughs> depending on how you come down on it. So in order to make this work, she tells a fairy tale alongside her real-life literary analysis. A fairy tale in which the princess is not what you would expect. Blonde, blue-eyed, beautiful, uh, able, rich, whatever. Uh, and it's the story of her own life and dealing with her own disability. So that's A-plot, B-plot. Tell two stories at once, one on top of the other, or start in the middle of one to get people's attention and then tell your story from there. And remember to go through those eight steps or however many of those your audience is going to need. Hey, just hopping in real quick. If you want to learn more about Summit Speaking strategies and how you can use them to grow your business, jump over to virtualsummitspeaking.com. I put together a free audio training that you can take on the go. Okay, now back to your regularly scheduled programming. The next couple of them kind of break away from stories, so those two come as a pair. This, the next one is called Comparative Advantages, this or that. Uh, this is a way of structuring your speech so that you can give information to people so that you can recognize your competitors and say why your, why your business or product might be different or gives people the thing that they're looking for, that, that power from the unfamiliar world. Here's my example. I use two different pieces of software to edit my podcast, Making a Monster. The one on the left is called Hindenburg Journalist. It's used by NPR professionals. Uh, it's very lightweight. It doesn't have a lot of bells and whistles. Uh, the one on the right is called Descript, and it does video editing, audio editing, transcription, uh, project management, the whole nine. And I use both of these for my podcast, but I love them both for very different reasons. So... Which of those do you need? It depends. Uh, this is why comparative advantages is really powerful. You can show your audience, you can recognize the needs that your audience has, provide them a solution that, that matches what they have uh, and that doesn't match, like you don't want to give them things that they don't need. Don't sell them Descript if they want Hindenburg and vice versa. On a very practical level, too, this gives you a way of organizing your thoughts. Let's talk about this thing and then this thing. So what are the features of this thing that this thing doesn't have? What are the ones that they don't have? Um, so quite aside from the fact that this lets you organize your ideas in a way that has flow, that isn't just problem and solution, it has this sneaky comparative advantage of positioning you as the guide to this unfamiliar world of perhaps audio editing software. So that's our third way of organizing a speech, comparative advantage. Another way of organizing your speech is with distance. And by this, I don't mean necessarily geographical distance or physical distance. This is more psychological distance. It could be far away from me in space, like on the other side of the country. It could be far away from me in time, something that happened a while ago or has yet to happen. It could be dif distant from me socially and the, the people that I tend to interact with, my friends and family. Uh, and it could be conceptually distant or just kind of ab too abstract to be a part of my regular experience. You can organize your speech near to far along these dimensions. 
or far to near, depending on how you want to do it. So here's my example for this. I've been working on a project that looks at the stories of extinct species. It can be really difficult to connect with, especially when most of the information that you have it looks kind of like this. This is a depiction of the passenger pigeon, probably one of the most famous extinct animals in North America. And this is a, a shooting of passenger pigeons that happened in northern Louisiana, quite far away from where I live. It was drawn by Smith Bennett in 1875, quite a while ago. And it depicts a, a flight of passenger pigeons. And I know these, we know these from historical accounts to have been millions strong. Numbers that we can't even really conceptualize, like hold on to in our minds. Like imagine a million of anything. At some point that becomes a word and not a number that you have any uh, real way of holding on to. This, however, is a picture that I took of one of the last passenger pigeon specimens in the world. This is a male and it looks uh, <laughs> by the museum director's own admission, not much better than a pile of feathers and a ratty pile of feathers at that. I took this picture a week ago. Um, I got this close to it and I can't really describe to you what I felt because this really, this, this distant idea of massive hordes, uh, massive flocks of passenger pigeons that used to exist in the 19th century all over the country suddenly became something that was a few inches from my camera just one of them at a place i can get to an hour's drive away that's what i mean by closing psychological distance so that's how you can organize your speech by distance the closer it can be psychologically to your audience the more effective it's going to be I've talked about temporal distance, but I also want to give you time as a way of organizing your speech. And it's not cheating, I promise, because I don't mean closing a psychological distance or bringing something closer to me in time. What I mean is for this way of organizing a speech, life doesn't always follow a three-act structure. It is okay to just tell the story as it happens or tell a process as it is supposed to happen. Like, what do I do first? What happened first? When do I preheat the oven? My example for this is Griffin McElroy. If you don't know him, he's one third of my brother, my brother and me, the juggernaut of the podcasting industry. He's a games journalist and one of the founding members of Polygon, now an imprint of Vox. And he's also a Forbes 30 under 30 media luminary. Uh, the most helpful thing that I ever saw from him was an address he gave at Florida State University. And it was just his story. How in the world did he get a full-time job as a podcaster, starting in West Virginia. And he just told this story how it happened. There's an immense value to that, especially if your story is interesting or outside of the norm or something I might not ever get to experience on my own. You are allowed to just tell stories how they happen. You're allowed to just show me processes how they should happen. Uh, it's gonna be way more real and personal and credible than problem and solution could be off the bat. And finally, here's my curveball, all of the above. If you look back over at the, the presentation I've just given, I've used a little bit of all of these in order to uh, work through my material. Um, it's okay to mix and match. And uh, 
uh, bonus points for those of you who can identify which are the ones that I've actually used. So that's the information that I've got for you. If you want to connect with me, you can find me on Twitter at, at SparkOtter. I tend to talk a lot about Dungeons and & Dragons and how it interacts with the stories that we tell ourselves and the way that we share truth with each other. Uh, if that's interesting to you, you can find me at Making a Monster, wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, and you can also email me at lucas at virtualsummitsearch.com. I'd love to connect more with you. I'd love to hear some of the uh, some of the ways that you've organized your speeches, if I haven't covered them, or uh, maybe walk through how you can take the content that you have and reorganize it along one of these schemes in order to have a more interesting and more effective speech. That's really my hope for you, and I hope that by going through these seven things, I can give you a piece or an idea of how to make that happen. So thanks for your time. Again, I hope you enjoy the rest of Sell with a Summit Speaker Edition, and I hope to talk to you soon. I hope this episode has sparked some ideas for you when it comes to your summit presentation structure. For the full presentation where Lucas shares all seven of the options, as well as the other fantastic sessions, go to sellwithasummit.com slash speaker edition to get free access. Which presentation structure stood out to you most, or do you have a different presentation structure that you love? I want to hear all about it, so share with us in the comments. Thanks for listening to Virtual Summit Success. Don't forget to leave a review and let others know your biggest takeaways from this episode. Every review helps others find us, and the more successful virtual summits there are, the more new tips we'll have to share with you. For show notes, links, and other resources, go to virtualsummitsuccess.live.